1: Hey, hey, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast post game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Be sure to leave a like on this video. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. We will be joined by DA Damian Anderson in a matter of moments as Bo, the Cardinals, attempting to put this game on ice as Tennessee is inside the red zone. We thought we'd cheat a little bit. Go live. Take your comments <laughs> and questions here. As the Arizona Cardinals are putting a bow, thank goodness, on this offseason, on this preseason, and we can look ahead to next week and the cut down to 53.
2: We wanted to kind of make it like uh, New Year's Eve style. We wanted to be here and, and just <laughs> wish a fond farewell to the preseason and welcome in. Bon voyage. Goodbye. That's right. Farewell season, where none of the actual Arizona Cardinals play football, but there was some big performances tonight, Johnny. We couldn't wait to talk about them. We're going to get into them a little bit after the final whistle blows. We'll get da in here, but you know, uh, it's really felt like anybody who you had any shadow of a doubt, uh, really showed up tonight. Like there were some big performances from some guys that you know. I don't know if their roster spots were you know for grabs or you know in jeopardy going into this game but there was there was some big there were some big performances that uh secured some guys some spots at least going into week one uh
1: folks in the chat saying touchdown Titans yeah. that is unfortunate uh, as the Titans uh get a uh final minute minute and a half touchdown to beat the Cardinals presumably in this preseason game I mean frankly it means nothing but here's what does mean something this is the coronation I put it out on Twitter of Andy Isabella and a uh, very nice preseason for the young man. I think, Bo Brock, I'm not speaking out of turn here. If you had to give a preseason MVP, it would be a coin <laughs> flip between Andy Isabella and Greg Dortch, and here's what I'll say. I think Greg Dortch has had a better camp day in and day out when you've been at practice, when I've seen him at practice. Andy Isabella, during preseason games, has been the team's MVP. He's been the leading receiver, the most explosive player on their roster, and tonight goes out, catches five balls, 115 yards, 23 yards, per catch including a 74 yard catch and run i think this is the point where you know i'm not going to eat any crow because we talked about it yesterday on the pod like he's going to make the team we expect him to it's what is he what is he going to do when the lights come on during the regular season Mm -hmm. but kudos to andy uh made a play tonight had the had the you know a drop pass jumped off sides but certainly looks the part of okay you're rounding out the back end of your receiving core he's fine
2: yeah, he is fine, and and he earned his spot. Now it's just like you know, can he when in a and when called upon, can he step up? You know, can he get? You know, can he when when the ammo's live? Is he gonna play and show up? Unlike he's done, you know, the previous three seasons. You know, a catch last season, inactive at the, the the previous season to that, and then we know his rookie season. You know, there was one big play for eighty plus yards. You know, to the house in a, in a game that was kind of out of hand for against the 49ers. So. Uh, you like what you've seen. Like he had no other, uh, you know, way to go. He he had to go up to earn a spot, and he did. And I think he earned a spot earlier in camp, and then just kind of put an exclamation point on that today with his hundred plus yards. Drew another PI flag that was offset by a nettle penalty, but that was a third game in a row. Continues to kind of draw physical coverage downfield, and that's what you want from him. Like he's not going to be a guy that's going to play inside. He's not going to be a versatile. No. Wide receiver that they envision, like that can run all the, the entire route tree. He's an outside guy, and he's going to be a guy that can kind of take off the top off the defense. Uh, you know, when will his name? It will it ever get called upon in the in this season with a loaded wide receiver room? I don't know. I think that you can still do way more with Greg Dortch at this point. Uh, but you know, a tip of the cap to those guys. Uh, I think. You know, those are the two guys that earn their spot in an absolutely loaded room for the Arizona Cardinals.
1: Yeah, and I, I'm not discrediting like the potential for a trade next week. I think Andy has trade value, uh, whether it's a fringe cornerback that the Cardinals are maybe looking at, a fringe defensive back, somebody that can play defensive tackle. I, I think Andy has value, but it's just how much is his value to Arizona, as Bo just said. Is he going to play meaningful snaps? You wouldn't think so outside of even more run of injuries to this wide receiving core. I I do think it's a benefit bow in years prior. This team has kind of muddled his psyche because he's been asked to return punts and then go out and play receiver that, I mean, let him focus on trying to catch the football. You've got Greg Dorch, obviously to return punts. So if, you know, push comes to shove, we don't really know what's happening with Rondell Moore's injury. Antoine Wesley's, you know, got the groin, AJ Green's 35. I mean, the Things could fall into place for him to play snaps here or there. My biggest question Mm -hmm. is, is this a shelf life move after Hopkins comes back? Week seven, you're not carrying seven receivers. And if Greg Dorch is ingrained as your return man, that means Andy would be the odd man out. So are we just prolonging the inevitable? And does that allow Steve Kime to put the foot on the gas next week and say, okay, sure, he may be able to help us the first six weeks, but how much of a drop-off is there? between him and Victor Bolden, who made a nice catch, and then we could just cut bait, cut bait with Victor, whereas maybe we can get something for Andy now. I'm thinking way ahead into the future, but it's it's <laughs> worth repeating. Like, the Cardinals are going to yeah. carry seven wideouts at some point, so somebody would have to go in that scenario.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's look, just just make that tough decision down the road when you have to make it. At this point, you know, you were looking for guys that you view as depth to step up and earn a spot, and I think that the two guys uh, that you wanted to do it did it, and, and I think yeah. Greg Dortch was maybe a surprise name, but he started to kind of uh, emerge in during the OTA portion of this offseason. So, and and you saw him play a pretty solid game for this team in Dallas, and they knew that he hey, here's a guy given an opportunity. If he can stay healthy, he can he can make plays for us on teams and and, yeah. and just kind of this versatile role on offense. So you know your top four, your top four. I mean, yeah, it, it's just you're just biding time if, by the time DeAndre Hopkins gets there, but you know, is the ball, is there, you know, enough footballs to go around to, to make, you know, Andy Isabella, if you want to keep Andy Isabella at this point, beyond now, beyond the 53, you know, what's his, what's his role going to be where he's going to impact every Sunday. I, I don't know where I still don't know. where Is he going to be inactive? right? Is he, is right. he even going to be active on game yeah, days? And I, yeah, Probably this should be not. a celebratory moment for, for Isabella. I think that he does look comfortable. He has a, a spectacular preseason and great training camp. He did. But, you know, if if you get an offer and you could maybe add depth to your defensive secondary, if you could add to your uh, draft capital, if you could yeah. add any, anywhere, you know, I think that you have to seriously look at that. I think what this preseason really did, to, though, is – is continue the polarization of Annie Isabella to where now people are want to hold on to him for some Absolutely. reason. It's like there's just no damn role for him. I mean, it's just because you've got D-Hop, you've got Marquise Brown, you've got A.J. Green, you've got Rondell Moore. You just have, and, and I think Greg Dortch in front of him, it's just like, where where, where is the role going to be? Why not if, try to get some value? If Annie Isabella gets traded for a sixth or a seventh round pick
1: next week, something that you and I both put on the record, I would take at this point, people, I would say 90% of the fans, and you guys can let your voices heard in the comments, I hope that you do, would be pissed off by that. But you have to look at the fact that he did not play at all last year. And now you've got the broadcasters, Wolfley and company saying nobody's improved more year over year than Andy Isabel on the roster. I hope that's not the case, because if it is, the Cardinals are fucked. If other players on the (laughs) roster haven't improved as much as Andy Isabelle, pardon my French, but like, I would hope Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins have improved at their craft more than Andy, who can't beat out Greg Dorch, a former undrafted free agent. That that to me is just, uh, I, I hope that they're just kind of buttering up this whole scenario where you can serve Andy on a silver platter to another team that that needs wide out depth. Cardinals are too loaded at receiver. And I also noted during the game, like they they flanked out Trey, Mc, Trey McBride at the X. Now, Trace McSorley, who was all over the place tonight outside of that first possession, didn't even target him one time. But it kind of gave you a glimpse of like, Trace McSorley can play outside. He's not always going to be on the line of scrimmage getting dirty with the hog mollies, right? So I, you add that into play with the fact that the running backs can catch. Ertz is a borderline pro bowler at this stage of his career. Like, there's just, there's not enough balls to come around. Even Kyler Murray said it in the broadcast. It's like, this is the most talented receiving car I've ever been around. And so I... I think Andy made a mark for him, like Bo mentioned, like absolutely dead on for his career. But I don't know if it's destined to be with Arizona. I think it's a waste to keep him buried inactive, sixth, seventh man on the depth chart. Cause he's not like if you had a role for him and it was clearly defined, it's like Andy's going to be our fourth receiver. He's going to come in when we go 10 personnel, whatever. That's one thing. But one catch last year makes me think, okay. Is this just, are we showcasing Andy? Is this the, the showcase of Andy Isabella? And is he in his final days as an Arizona Cardinal? Because I, I think when the, the cut down happens on Tuesday, Bo, he will be on the roster. It'll be a celebratory moment for a lot of his supporters, rightfully so. And then I could easily see him be a moved Wednesday or Thursday.
2: I, I agree with you. If the, if the right deal comes and, you know, it's become more of an active uh, NFL, bef- you know, at this time of year. And. And guys realizing, hey, we're going to try to get any kind of value. And I think this is your peak value right now for Andy Isabella right now because once the rate once once the regular season begins and his role diminishes, you know you can't put him. There, there's no way to you know put him back on full display. There's no 200 plus yards in three games of work and three PI penalties that were drawn. It's just it's going to be too tough. This is where you really want to sh- you you showcase them. You did a great job of doing that. Now let's you know you either keep them for the depth. But I think when you look at this roster, uh, especially in that defensive secondary, if you can find, if you can match up with somebody, make it happen, you know, make it happen. And I I think, you know, a lot of people said, well, look, we'll see, see what happens. It's like, okay, well, we, this is happening for a different reason. Now the ship has sailed as far as him becoming a, you know, a, a member of this, this wide receiver core, it's just, there's too much talent in that room. And it was uh, it was going to be an uphill battle anyway. And he did a great job in displaying his his abilities for 31 other teams.
1: Yeah, uh, I would have loved to have seen him score that tutty. Uh, I also love to see D.A. Damian Anderson joining us. The pride of Northwestern D.A. We cheated. We went a little bit before kick uh before the end of the game and probably jinxed the Cardinals as they. Didn't get walked off, but they lost the final uh, preseason game of the offseason. It's all right. No big deal. Uh, (laughs) Celebrating Andy Isabella and then about to celebrate your guy, D.A. Keontae Ingram, who played the large majority of this game, you know, had a little over 60 yards, just under, you know, four yards per carry. But I thought it was the extra stuff, D.A., that Keontae did. Pass protection looked great. Physical. They asked him to do a lot in short yardage. What do you make out of the Cardinal rookie attempting to make this final 53?
0: Yeah, Johnny, his ability to play special teams. That's one thing that I paid attention to closely at the beginning of the game. And he was starting on all, you know, kickoff, I believe punt return. I mean, punt Mm -hmm and his ability to identify and recognize the blitz in those certain situations and get chips on defensive end so they can't apply pressure to his quarterback. But I think all throughout the preseason, Keontae's done a great job of obviously showing that he could rush the football, making guys miss, getting the extra yardage and catch the ball. You know, and you want to be completing all those three phases or all four phases, but he also has that explosiveness to be a playmaker. So I think the coaches like where they're at and t- scouts like where they at at in terms of Keontae. But the running backs had a night. You know, Eno yeah. with his big catch. Williams, we haven't seen much of him. You know, to me, it demonstrated that he could be that complimentary James Conner. If, if Conner goes down, he could go right in there and assume the position and get those tough yardage, catch the ball out of the backfield. And you could just see how much the coaching staff like, are comfortable throwing the ball to Eno out of the backfield. So I'm, I'm, I think that everyone can guesstimate what his role will be during the season.
2: That, uh, that first drive was great for this running back group you know you know as you mentioned had the 25 yards receiving at nine yards on the ground daryl williams got a couple of carries including the touchdown and it was just uh you saw third and manageable that entire drive and it, and it turns a guy like trace mcSorley into a lot better quarterback when he's got those situations going and he was perfect on that drive seven for seven so i thought it, it was a it was an important game but then you're absolutely right you know we even heard wolf on the on the broadcast mentioned that Ingram, is, they've been talking about his ability to special play special teams, something he's never had to do in his career, and it's encouraging. And with that being said, you know, that kind of takes an edge away from Jonathan Ward, who unfortunately had such a strong preseason in camp and is known for his ability to play teams. But, you know, one running back sets and you're going to keep five running backs. I just think that it makes Jonathan Ward, unfortunately, very expendable. Yeah, that, the broadcast, again, I don't mean to harp on the broadcast.
1: I love Dave passion and Ron Wolfley, but the Cardinals are not keeping five backs. That would be lunacy yeah. in today's NFL for a team that loves to throw the football. You want to tell me you know, they're going to keep six receivers, maybe seven at some point? I think that's a lot, but I would believe that much more. I think there's a better, much better chance they keep three backs as compared to five. But I think we saw the foursome tonight, guys. Like Jonathan Ward, unfortunately for him, he's injured. The Cardinals need production now. And I think Keontae Ingram answered a lot of questions for you. They're going to be able to put on that film from tonight, and they're going to be able to see a young man in a short amount of time be able to grasp the rigors of an NFL special team, you know, regimen. And then also, again, I I don't mean to keep harping on this, but his pass protection stands out to me. When when it's bad, you see that, and it's evident. It's like, oh, man, get number 30 out of there. But that never happened with Keontae. So the running ability is, is too much of a plus to be able to to move off of him. And I I see way more, with all due respect to, to Eno, from Keontae as a rookie than I ever saw from Eno Benjamin two years ago as a seventh route at, at Arizona State. He just brings a different dynamic. So I'm excited for Keontae. I think, you know, if it was up to me, he'd make the team. We'll see. I don't think he'd survive cuts to a practice squad. I think he'd be snatched up. Um, but another guy that I I think we're all kind of – on bated breath for Chandler Wooten inside linebacker undrafted out of the sec Auburn didn't get in probably until I would say like midway through the second quarter late right before halftime ended up finishing with uh, just at 10 tackles Um, didn't have a tackle for loss but it looked like two or three occasions he could have been credited for one you know DA do you feel like this inside linebacking core is too deep for him to make the roster or do you feel like his his position potentially is set uh, as a young player that the Cardinals could groom. Well, in
0: terms of inside linebacker, I mean, what what what's there, right? I mean, you, you you we have Collins, right? And I think, I'm not sure if you guys talked about his play, but I think that we saw some spark tonight talking about, yeah. obviously, his TFL and the way that he was able to identify the screen, push it into his help. Um, but in terms of depth, Johnny, I mean, I love his instincts. I, you know that he's going to play hard and we talked about special teams with Keontae. You know that he's going to be a guy that's going to do whatever it takes for the football club. It's going to be hard to, as a special teams coach, and as a linebacker coach, you hate releasing a guy like that, but you, yeah. under, you understand he didn't he maybe have the, the best, you know, third game. And I think that almost helps him because with the practice squad being expanded, he's a guy that you would like to have around and just be ready to come in and you know at any moment and, and cover a kick or protect on a punt or even get some reps because I think everybody could agree you love the instincts that you saw from from Chandler Wooden.
2: Absolutely, I, it's it's going to be tough just because of, of what what value Tanner Vallejo and Zeke Turner bring to teams, and, and you know you're playing the numbers game. Vallejo looked explosive tonight. He looked. Yeah, I mean, it, at
0: first I thought he was going to outplay zaven You know what I mean? Initially, yeah. when he, we had that early TFL, you're like, okay, and then I think. Again, we talk about the broadcast. You heard Wolf say, you know, I mean, that's what Zavin's supposed to be doing. You know, where, but, you know, Vallejo's seen it multiple, multiple times, and that's that play recognition, and that's why he was out there. He and a guy like Marco Wilson were out in the football field, third preseason game. You see things that happen to Zach Wilson, you know, in the preseason. Do you want a chance at with one of your starters? But obviously the value they saw were on this experience and getting that confidence going into the season on September 11th
2: chris I in think the chat important. yeah go ahead i i just think okay. unfortunately you don't even look at the inside line i think you know wooten's probably hurdled a guy like joe walker uh as far as maybe fighting for a roster spot i would give him the edge there but you have to look at the outside linebacker group just because the point i was making on friday johnny that you're gonna you're gonna play zayvon maybe in some pass rush roles or isaiah simmons in a pass rush role so those are guys that you can maybe get rid of one of these outside backers for. And I think Devon Kennard, unfortunately might be the guy oh, yeah. who's on you the keep going back bus. to that. I just, you I, know, I don't I think, think that's going to happen
0: guys. I don't, I don't, don't, I don't I think, think I think, think that they saw enough last week and yeah. I just think that they need depth there. Right. Like him and Gar Gardak had a good game last week. They weren't dressed. They didn't play this week. I think that that shows, you know, volume, right? Like they, if he was going to be out there, maybe respect them and not playing them in game three. But I think that, that depth that's needed on that outside linebacker position, you know, having a guy like Canard he's almost like a safety measure. And if he gives you that adi- that production of expectation when you got him and signed him for that big deal, like that's just a plus, right? He's doing his job, and you need him there in terms of that veteran leadership because who else, you know, do they have? You know, you got junkyard dog, but besides that, it's still you saw like the promise of your outside linebackers, even you know Cam Thomas played well tonight with two sacks. I'm not sure how many he finished with, but just seeing his motor, first one obviously was a coverage sack. But to you those are things that you love to see, but you can't go on unknown. And that's why I think that they're going to keep a guy like DK.
2: So we're looking at, you know, Golden. We're looking at Gardek, Majay Sanders, Cameron Thomas, who are, you know, locks. And I think Victor Dumakeji has earned his spot as well. Right. You know, that's that's five guys. And then Kennard is six. And then you look at the inside linebacking core with Zaven Vigil, uh, Vallejo. And then, you know, probably Zeke Turner. That's tough. I mean, that's 10 guys that you're, you're keeping at the linebacker spot. Um, it's just, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens between now and Tuesday as far as some of these guys who who really, you know, made a name for themselves and, and, and played really well this, this preseason in, in train camp.
1: Well, it was nice to see Cam Thomas. I don't want to call him underwhelming up until this point, but he had been outplayed in practice and in the first two preseason games by fellow draftee Mazze Sanders, and he comes out tonight, play with his hair on fire. Maybe he's getting a little bit more comfortable. He had four quarterback hits tonight, gentlemen, two sacks, one of which was, was unblocked, but still. And then you, you couple that with Mazze Sanders, who himself had a half a sack and two quarterback hits. Uh, that That is the future Beaming Bright for the Cardinals uh, long-term and outside linebacker. I think they have shown, each each player has shown enough that, okay, they're going to at least be at the very least solid service. They're on the team, players. Johnny. Well, yeah, but I just mean like if we fast forward to December, like I could envision scenarios in which both those guys are getting some snaps, uh, maybe against Tom Brady, maybe against Russell Wilson, trying to keep that core fresh. And maybe the light turns on for them midseason. That's what the Cardinals have not had enough of from the rookie classes in years prior, say for Kyler Murray. It's like we we get these rookies and we get excited about them and we don't see them for 18 months. But I think with this group in particular, you know, Trey McBride isn't hauling in a bunch of passes, and I think it has something more to do with the quarterback play. He's playing a ton, and he does not look overwhelmed, and he's doing a phenomenal job both getting open and his run blocking looks fantastic, had had this sprung the run for, sprung the block for Darrell Williams scores touchdown, and then the two third-rounders look very serviceable tonight. They played almost the entire game that group right there. And yeah, you can add in Hollywood Brown, but I'm going to go with those three in particular. Like we need to be in a position where after Thanksgiving those guys are trending up and we really know what we have because for so long it has been, yeah, we'll just we'll kind of see how the rookies look, you know, mid-season, but if not, we're good. We'll just play the veterans all year, even veterans that may not have a future on this team, that are free agents, that are not improving. I want to see these young players specifically on the defensive end to get better as the season goes on and to be trending up because I'm with Bo DA. If Devon Canard doesn't look good, looks like ass for six to eight weeks. I don't want to hear an excuse of, well, he's a veteran. He's been around the block. We can't, no, we can't agreed. risk putting cam Thomas out there, but that's the one area. And which Vance Joseph has not been keen on doing, and we got on Vance during, during a show earlier this week, but I mean like how many times did we watch, subpar line inside linebacking play to not just throw Zayvon Collins out there but I I'm more optimistic with this pass rushing group than I am with what I saw from Zayvon as a first-year rookie because it's easier frankly and
0: it, I gotta I gotta ask you guys I gotta push back a little bit because I think for me just with the whole Trey McBride being this the pretty much the the second you know round pick and the Cardinals yep. first pick uh, of this year's draft to me it that's been a, a bit underwhelming I know that he's you know dealt with some you know what was it back issues I'm not sure you know th- what the background is but just in terms of his ability like I didn't think that they signed him in the block
1: well, we missed I mean a lot much. of
0: practice time
1: too and they mentioned yeah, that
0: I mean, tonight. I, I understand that Johnny but I just think that there would be more of an emphasis like when Trey, when, when Ertz is in the game, you know, where they try and find ways, it just seems to get him the ball. And with Trey in the game, it, it's more so he's just in there to block and they'll make, maybe take a shot once every 20 opportunities, but otherwise they're going to stick to their game plan. And to me, that I would have liked to see him a little bit more. I'm, you know, I wouldn't say I'm concerned. I think it's a great position that they're in with the depth that they have, obviously, at tight end and at defensive line. You just want to see those guys make plays, right? But McBride, I, I, I don't know if. Well,
2: you know, I can we be honest on- about
1: this, about this offense in the preseason with the with the guy who was running the offense? And Bo can can give some credit, some some life to this because he's watched practice every day. It's been McSorley and Dorch and Isabella, because they practice, I feel like, the most with each other. And that's been the offense. And so that that is what I, I take away more from. It's just those three guys, unless they're making plays, the Cardinals weren't moving the ball in the preseason. And I don't think it's because the other guys weren't putting forth You know quality production. I just think it's you got a third stringer out there, and and Bo McBride's production is so susceptible on who's playing quarterback.
2: Yeah, I mean you just don't see McSorley throw the ball to the tight end really at all. I I, you just haven't seen it in training camp. You haven't seen it much. I think uh, Sykowitz had three catches tonight, but that's probably the extent of the production from the tight end position this preseason. Now I know you haven't had Ertz, and Max Williams is coming back from a knee. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he forced the ball twice. Maybe he felt snake bit and he forced, forced the ball twice to, to, to McBride last week. And he just didn't, he wasn't, he wasn't even throwing his way. So I don't, I don't know. I I think with McBride, unfortunately it's probably something that's going to delay his impact week one, maybe beyond that, but you know, at least you have Eckert to kind of hang your hat on for right now, but yeah, I, I'm not too concerned. I, I was encouraged by the blocking, and and I don't want to you know drink Kool Aid too much, Damien. Uh, on that, like, you should be concerned when your guy's not even getting targeted. But you know, I'll, I think that the McSorley factor is is pretty big here, as far as him not sure. wanting to throw and, and throw over the middle or. He, he's, but guys, he's I mean, you just, know, he's a second round draft pick.
1: Well, Bo, like, you've I, seen him every I, day at practice. Is he yeah. the real deal catching like, I football? I mean,
2: I mean, like let's be real. Like, if we would, we
0: be having this conversation, Johnny? If we talked about Andy Isabella blocking downfield, would we be having the same conversation? Like, hey man, he sprung some Eno runs, and did you see him blocking, guys? You know, no, McSorley's I, I, in there, and hey, we—he's—he he doesn't throw to Andy; he only hands it off. Like, come. He's a second round pick,
2: my dude. You know what
1: I mean? Let me see him with Kyler Murray, and if 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 it's not working with Kyler, I've seen him with
2: Kyler, and it's pretty. It it looks good. I've seen him with Kyler, and uh, he he made two very impressive catches. One over Zayvon Collins, where he he, I pointed it, and then another over the middle. You know, he's athletic. Looks like he's a pretty good route runner. I, I think he did probably face some pretty tough coverage assignments too. You know, especially up against Baltimore. Get a couple different defenders on him at at any given time. So he's not gonna get that that treatment once the regular season kicks off. So let's see, you know, let's 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 just wait a couple beats on McBride. But I, I won't say that I'm comfortable with no catches in the preseason having played in two games. Wait on McBride.
1: Don't wait on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Today is the opening day for college football, and you can bet on it today, right now, using that promo code PHNX on DraftKings. Bet $5 on any college football game, and you can get $200 back in free bets instantly for new customers. That's promo code PHNX. It's only at DraftKings. Gentlemen, I already made some money today facing the Nebraska Cornhuskers who looked terrible (laughs) after being up (laughs) 28-17 to and then kicking an onside. I had Northwestern money line. I had the over. Both hit. Both hit on DraftKings for me. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions
2: apply. See those show notes for details. Bo, you probably would have. Uh, I, don't, I don't. I think a lot of people would have lost some some money if they bet that Scott Frost was going to have less wins than Cliff Kingsbury this far into their respective careers. Oh, but Scott Frost, my God. That guy, it's just not worked out there for no. the Husker Nation. A no. uh, no. lot, of, lot, of, lot of drinks flying in Ireland today from, from them. And uh, you know what? We can't drink in Ireland, but we can drink at Four Peaks. And especially this Wednesday, we're all going to be hanging out together. It's the last Wednesday of the month. We're going to be hanging out. PHNX live from Four Peaks Brewing Company all day long, August 31st. Join us at 1304 East 8th Street in Tempe, the OG location. You got all the shows. there all live. Between now and then, do us a favor. Go try to win yourself some free stuff. We're going to be announcing the Toast of the Month Sweepstakes winner. It's a $50 Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, a PHNX annual membership. Just go to gophnx.com or click the link in the show notes. If you're going to be drinking, you got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy responsibly. Uh, Real quick, I I think because we didn't talk about it before you got on DA, but the the Zayvon Collins thing, you know, I feel like that's back to back games where we've seen him flash. He he really did look his best that I've seen him tonight. He, He made some great plays. Yeah, I mean, primarily, I mean, there are two plays. We talk about Bo, signature
0: plays. Obviously, the the run stuff with the line, we ran through the fullback and, and had a TFL and then just identifying the screen and had three Titan defenders out there in, in open space. He just maneuvered through them and forced the ball carrier back to the inside to his help. Just seeing that type of play recognition, that reckless abandon to go out there and make the play. That's what you want from your leader. That's what you want. I mean, he got – he missed his fitting on a couple of plays, but I think the energy was there, the power and the confidence, right? And he got out of the game healthy. I think that that's everything that the coaches wanted to see, and that's why we saw him for a very, you know, limited time. To me, what was maybe not as encouraging is having a guy like Marco Wilson out there, right, with the depth that we talk about with that secondary Johnny and having him out there and still having to prove it.
1: Well, here's here's the kind of the good and bad with that. Uh, we all feel like Antonio Hamilton, who is the CB2, has some kind of injury or ailment. Uh, he's MIA right now. So even if Marco Wilson doesn't like playing with the backups in preseason game number three, guess what? Sounds like he's going to be playing a lot for better or worse September 11th against Kansas City, which has been my point on Marco Wilson since day one is like everybody can be upset about how his offseason is gone or training camp or whatever. And they, we can pout, but like, He he has a chance to rewrite his narrative. Week one, he intercepts Patrick Mahomes. Everything changes, right? He has a couple passes defended. He has a good game. Good to go. Play the next 17 weeks. That's the beauty of, you know, having four cornerbacks, you know, that need to be available and ready to play. But I do feel like, gentlemen, there were comments made by Michael Bidwell, for those of you who didn't hear during the broadcast about Steve Keim, how he's quote-unquote had a great offseason because of the trades for Recently, Cody Ford and especially Hollywood Brown, but how he, quote, is not done and expects him. Michael Bidwell does to be aggressive ahead and during cuts next week. I, I think that's the opportunity the Cardinal fans have been waiting for. We have we've seen it in the chats and the comments like when is the cornerback depth coming? And I I would be shocked if we got through the, the, the wave of cuts down to 53s. So, you know, if you're the last two or three on the roster that make it. You know, don't start you know looking for houses just yet because I think that the the Cardinals are going to be making moves. kime and company—they've got ample cap money to spend. They are ready to go after some players. And they got Andy Isabella. Yeah, dangle little Andy, right? Dangle Andy in front of the teams that. with some cornerback depth. And and you know what? Let's. I think he's going secondary. to the Patriots,
0: guys. I think I got a feeling okay. he's going. Okay. Give
1: me. give us something. I don't care I if he goes to Timbuktu if they've to got a cornerback that can play. I don't care where he goes. Literally does not, for those of you just jumping on, like Andy is not going to have a role in these first six weeks until Hopkins comes back. So if he's on the roster, awesome. But there's nothing for him to do. You know what there is? There's opportunities, Bo, in the secondary for somebody to come in and really help out this group. We don't know who that is yet, but they're there. It's available.
2: Right. I mean, it's not the, the back end of the secondary. It's not the safeties. The safety spot is right. also a secure spot, you know, and I think maybe one roster spot was up to, for grabs and you saw two guys that played very well tonight. Uh, it, it's going to be tough to decide between. And I think there's more of a, a history uh, with James Wiggins than there is with a Tay Daly, who made a big play in the, in the joint practice, a big pick in, in the two minute drill and had nine tackles tonight but Wiggins had the pick and that just bone-rattling hit on the sidelines. You know, he's a draft pick from Steve Kime. I don't know if he gets the edge there. But, you know, could he round out the safety room of of Thompson and Buddha and, and Isaiah Simmons? You got four guys, but then you're, you're still looking for who's going to cover. And, you know, Marco Wilson, I guess I'm grading on a curve. You know, he, he allows two receptions early, but he's right there and they're not big plays. I, I don't know. I mean, it's – have we just – do we do we just have Stockholm syndrome in the thinking that Marco Wilson is gonna be he's just we'll just take what he can give us? How can you, <laughs> well damn it, <laughs> Bo he's all we got.
1: How can he damn exactly it, Johnny, he's all we got right now? He so was having he a great camp as a Marco rookie Wilson. How can he, he address this badly? Damien, have you ever seen somebody Supposedly regress from year one to year two. That has a promising year one because I is that what we're dealing with? Marco Wilson. I mean, have I, 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 to I defer to Bo.
0: I, I have to defer to Bo because, like, like Bo said, like yeah. I watched the game and have been, you know, trying to take notes and just on his play. And like you said, Bo, they're not huge plays, and he's right there and he's making the tackle. Like, what was what's been your biggest that you because you go to practice, you were at practice mm-hmm. all the time. Like, what's what's your biggest takeaway? And take on Marco Wilson in, in comparison to Antonio Hamilton. Is it just one making plays, or you know, is, is like Johnny said, is, has he regressed?
2: One was available early on, and it was it was uh or I'm sorry, one was available after week two, and that was Antonio Hamilton. As Marco was dealing with a groin issue, and then he got back on the field. But before that, it was like the Marco hype train was leaving the station. Like he he had the impressive OTAs. He had, you know, you know, we all remember the the clip of DeAndre Hopkins throwing the ball at Isaiah Simmons. That's because Marco Wilson had a huge pass breakup on DeAndre Hopkins in practice. He was battling that entire day with him, and, I'm, and I would have said, you know, he's got the grasp on on cornerback too at that point. And then ever since then, ever since you know the groin injury right around the red white scrimmage, he just hasn't. He's just trending in the wrong wrong direction. But, to, you know, to Johnny's point, I think that there's still so much time for him to get back in the good graces of this organization. But are they going to be patient enough? You know, I think as far as where he was at the end of last season and where he is right now, there's a uh, th- there's an organization that needs to address this position because week one, you don't want to have that influx like it is right now. So unfortunately, I think they're running out of time and they're not going to, you know, just say, hey, 20, you know, it's your job just by default. You haven't showed us anything for the last two weeks. I, 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 I just don't think they can do that. I think it's naive. I think it's irresponsible.
1: They have no choice but to play them, uh, whether they like it or not. You have a choice, though, if you want to buy some furniture. And I can tell you what, <laughs> right now, Labor Day sale from more Furniture is where you want to be. We're so excited for you all to check out how our friends at Mo Furniture have hooked up the entire new studio, new furniture at PHNX, the whole nine yards. If you're interested in checking out they're a phenomenal Labor Day sale. All you gotta do visit moremorfurniture.com. It's better. I've said this not on every show. I've got this shitty Costco chair, or maybe it's from Amazon. <laughs> Hurts my back. I need a procedure. Bo knows what I'm talking about. I need that of me. But if I had some more furniture, if I could steal a <laughs> recliner or two, yeah. I need I need to dabble some more furniture, some OGs. Maybe I'll feel better about our secondary too if I pop an OG, Bo. Right. Yeah. You
2: you don't, you don't need to talk to Samson. You don't need to talk to Mr. Happy, Mr. Smiley. You just need to talk to OG's brands, our friends over there. Absolutely. Enter the flavoring life sweepstakes while you're at it. Get some free stuff. How about three bags yeah. of OG's delicious gummies, including orange cream, all their tropical flavors. You can get an OG's hat, PHNX shirt of your choice, and a PHNX annual membership. Their stuff, all of it, you can find in your local dispensary. You got to be 21 years or older. Check them out. Online, OGsBrands.com, and on Instagram, at OGsBrands. I saw Bees ask us about the front seven. That's an interesting, especially the interior of that defensive line. Really, uh, the guy known for his Kyler Murray impression at the beginning of camp is making some noise on the field And Manny Jones. A couple more TFLs for him tonight. Uh Anybody, I mean, we, we look at the roster, Rashad Lawrence, Leckie Foto, who's dealing with an injury. You've got Zach Allen, J.J. Watt coming back from covid You're looking at that defensive line. Any of these guys stand out to you, Ledbetter that could crack this roster come Tuesday?
1: Could Lecky Foto get cut? Let me ask you this, guys. Rashad Lawrence has outplayed Lecky Foto this training camp. Lecky Foto's been hurt. He played off and on last year. I'm just kind of looking for underneath uh, storyline signals where we get a surprise cut. And I haven't heard from Lecky Foto. In many, many weeks, right? And then you've got these Wood, Ledbetter and Woods playing really well. The Cardinals could absolutely claim a defensive line this week. I think cornerback and, and defensive line appear like the two groupings that you could really get aggressive on if you're Steve Kime. But I, I don't I don't think, again, at the end of the day, Watt, Rashad Lawrence, Zach Allen, you feel good about those three. That's your starting defensive line, presumably. Michael Dogby. Like, Michael Dogby, who they brought back, who who flashed last year, who has earned it. But like I I'm not married to anybody else in that group. And I respect Lucky like Fo too, but Rashad Lawrence, I think, has a higher upside. He showed more last year. I, you know, this comes from LSU, perennial contender, national champion, and I think has just been better this preseason. Like, could they go out and make an upgrade, Damien?
0: I think if the value is there, Johnny, absolutely. I mean, you've seen over the past couple of years. I know that your one of your stalwarts is gonna be JJ Watt, right? But yeah, how, when was the last time that he finished the season? So I think that with the Cardinals wanting to get that the latter part of the playoffs, right? We talk about NFC championship or even Super Bowl or deep into the playoffs. You you have to have a consistent D line. We even saw with the Rams last year, right? Bringing on Von Miller, and I mean that's what took them to the next level. They had a great corner, they had a great interior d- defensive line, in Aaron Donald. But they brought on Von Miller to take them to the next level. So, I- although it doesn't have to happen right with the final fifty-three, I could see some Steve Kime turning this roster, whether it be for a defensive back and you know interior defensive lineman. And to, you know to your point, guys, like I think that all preseason we haven't seen guys. Flash, right? Like in terms yeah. of that defensive, you know, the interior defensive line. Yeah, we saw, um, you know, uh, is it not Kim Dietschie, but you know what I'm talking about. uh, uh Keci. D- D- yep. Yeah, we saw mm-hmm. him, you know, make some plays, but he's outside linebacker. But in that interior defensive lineman, we haven't seen guys go out there and make it happen and or at defensive back. We know that Byron Murphy had a great week of practice, or great day against the Titans. But rather than that, you know, it's just going on, oh, okay, J.J. Watt is a guy. We know he's going to do it. But, again, you just have to look at the past practice, right? And over the past three to five years, he hasn't completed a a season. So, I think if the value is there, Johnny, absolutely.
1: I love this comment from V. Rain, NF, because this is a name that's thrown at me a lot. And I feel like there's an opportunity to be had with Mm. Washington Commanders because, Deron Payne, a bunch of their defensive linemen were not in the regime that's currently there with Ron Rivera and company, and there's some guys that don't fit that scheme. Deron Payne, Alabama, I, I think stud against the run, right? It's got some plus pass rush moves. That's the kind of move I'd be looking for. Going to teams that have new regimes, first or second year, that some guys just aren't a part of it, right? Some guys just don't fit the scheme or the mantra, and the Cardinals can swoop in and acquire them. I, I still feel like the, this front seven, as well as it played in the preseason and had nice preseason. Michael Bid will even mention, like, look at our depth in the front seven. I've got real concerns about defensive line. And, you know, until I see otherwise, I've got concerns opposite Marcus Golden. But the difference is the Cardinals don't have a pair of quality third rounders waiting in the rings at outside, waiting in the wings at outside linebacker. Defensive line to me, sometimes it's almost scarier than cornerback because of the fact that. What do teams want to do against the Cardinals on first and second down? They want to run it right at them, right? And the Cardinals, to me, last year, they got by with their cornerbacks fine when the defensive line was humming, right? And Chandler Jones was kicking ass. I know he plays outside linebacker, but nothing is more demoralizing. I don't care if it's passing league or not, than to watch a team like San Francisco is going to try to do to you with Trey Lance, who can't throw right now, pound the ball 40 times a game. Right. And the RPO shit and smoking and mirrors <laughs> running it with Kyle use I don't know if the Cardinals with their best can line up and stop the run against these big imposing offensive linemen with Trent Williams and company. I don't know if that, if they have the opportunity to do that yet, but I think that if I had a chance, I would go out Bo, and I'd make a, an upgraded defensive tackle. I don't think I just haven't seen enough from this group yet. I want to see Zach Allen be unblockable when the games count, not against, you know, Tennessee in a, you know, in a joint practice that doesn't mean anything.
2: Right. I mean, we've been pounding the table ever since nine zero left for somebody that can play inside. Really? I mean, yeah. y- you've got, uh, you know, Clays who played more on the end of, of a defensive line, but to actually have a guy who's like, like Darnell Dockett was, we haven't seen it in uh, too long. Uh, I just don't know if it's if it's a position that Steve Kime values that he he thinks he can just maybe have a rotation, you know, I mean, and and we're seeing that with the cornerback position. So I I don't know. That's that's when you hear my it's very encouraging. to hear Michael Bidwell say he's going to be bullish and he's going to be aggressive and he's going to go out there and, you know, guys like Payne or in the in the commanders and the bears or teams that you want to follow along with, because, yeah, there's going to be some guys a little long in the tooth. Robert Quinn's the world that don't fit the future of those franchises, they're going to be available. And like the DA said, you know, the Rams went out and got some guys like that. They added Von Miller. Like The Cardinals need to be one of those teams to help fill some of these holes uh, going forward. Yeah. I And
1: in then in the, the, the one thing that I'll point out last year and the year before Cardinals made mid season acquisitions, right. And they made a big difference in Marcus golden, excuse me, and Zach Allen, if you wait to make an addition mid-season, you can't start slow and then bring in a defensive tackle or a corner when this team what is two and four, two and five. But Johnny, five. you got one.
0: You got you got to pick one position. What's what's the top priority for you?
1: Is it defensive I, oh, back? It's, cor- it's corner. It's corner right game, now because it's so it's so dire. But I value defensive tackle play more than corner. But at least the Cardinals can field a front three that's I think of quality. Come week one, the difference is Zach Allen's always hurt. JJ Watts always hurt. Rashad Lawrence, nice player, but he's, he's not a pro bowler yet. The, and I, if that, if that unit falls apart, the defense falls apart. The secondary, mm-hmm. you can get by with B and C, C minus level corners. We've, we saw San Francisco do it last year in routes, the NFC championship game, because they beat the shit out of everybody up front at the line of scrimmage. When was the last time we've said the Cardinals the too. really does it? Yeah, like I I get the outrage. Cornerback's critical, and the Cardinals play so many Pro Bowl quarterbacks. I know it's important. But do we not remember, like this team w- was so poor against the run, especially in the second half of last year. And if the offense doesn't look like the offense, and it may not for the first couple weeks because there's no DeAndre Hopkins and trying to get Hollywood Brown acclimated. Like I, the Cardinals want to play run and go. Where it's the offense takes off, scores a bunch of points, and you force the other team to become one-dimensional. If the offense starts slow and the other team's like, "Well, shit, I can just put you know a bunch of linemen at the line of scrimmage. I can go heavy. I can get a fullback in there. I can run it right at Arizona." Bo, that's that's a problem. So today, right now, I would go get a cornerback. But you know, if it's up to me, I I would get both positions. That's cheating, but I. I feel like it's those are the two clear, glaring holes on the roster. Yeah.
0: Hey, I, Johnny, I don't, I feel pretty good because Bo has them going eleven and six with the roster that they have <laughs> right now. So Damn. I mean, I, I would I would agree with you. I'd say the defensive back is a priority, but I have those concerns with defensive line just due to the the health risk, right, and just the depth, right. We need consistency at that position, and I know that. I believe me, I want to hang my hat on JJ Watt. like you know what, JJ Watt is going to be a dog of old. And he's going to be that guy throughout the season. But unfortunately, I mean, just calling a spade a spade and looking at history. that We love that J.J. Is, yeah, that's you love him. You love everything about him, who he is on and off the field. But you just need that consistency.
1: He's so violent. He's so violent. And his body, he just leaves it all on the field. And then you, you wake up Monday morning and he's getting an MRR or something. And you're like, Shh. Well, this is this is what happens. Right. And Zach, yep. Zach Allen looks like t- he ate J.J. Watt. He's so big. Um, <laughs> but uh, we're excited to hang out with you this fall. PHNX Cardinals, new studio, tailgates, home tailgates, et cetera. Want to make sure you're happy and healthy, though. So go get a covid-19 vaccine. They're free for everybody five and older. Those 12 and older are also eligible for a booster. I want you to visit azhealth.gov. Get a vaccine. Find one nearest to you as we, we put a bow on this preseason, mm. gentlemen. And I'm going to start with Bo Brock with this bow. Give me one outlandish prediction next wow. week. It can be a cut. It can be an acquisition. It can be a lateral move of some kind. Extent. Something's going to happen with this franchise next week. They're going to get back in their headline-making moves, for lack of a better term. What's it going to be? You can Think of anything.
2: I mean, they, they do acquire a cornerback. It, it, that's not is that outlandish enough? No, that's, that's um, good. Yeah, I mean, they are gonna get. They, they're gonna aggressively pursue whatever they can do before now, and you know, two weeks from tomorrow against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, they're gonna get a cornerback, a veteran corner who kind of knows how to play the game a little bit, has the whole bag of tricks, can play a little bit of angles, and maybe might be half a step slower, but it's gonna be better what they what they've got
0: guys. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if a big impact's going to come. I mean, we, we talk about this, right? You, you, you scour over the the best available players and the value has to be there, right? Like unless they're trading for an impact player, maybe a nickel guy that can come in and that's a value, right? Because Andy Isabella is a second round pick. He did, he did have a hot preseason and I guarantee you a lot of coordinators can see them fitting in their scheme and coming in and making plays and, it's going to be have to be value associated guys. And we know that the Cardinals have what a three and a fifth, I think potentially picks coming. So you have, you know, with those losing the the guys that they had, so it can happen. Uh, But I think it's possibly going to lose. I see cornerback for sure. Um, But I think you're going to be losing value to get value and you need it at that position. And, you know, farewell. I think Andy is a great player. Hope he's on the team, but I could see him dangling for Andy Isabella for sure.
1: Yep, you took the words right out of my mouth, D.A. The Cardinals, I predict, Andy Isabella gets traded next week. That's my big move. The Cardinals get some kind of value of note that they can spend to their fan base and wish number 17 Bon Voyage from Arizona. And who knows, maybe they keep Victor Bolden. Maybe they keep six, five receivers. If they keep Victor Bolden, he's not going to be active on game day. So I'll go out on a limb and say that next week, Andy Isabella is dealt to another team – for a player and or a pick, or maybe both. But right now, everybody needs to pick up their phone and subscribe to the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Leave this podcast a five-star review. Like this video right now as it helps the YouTube algorithm. We're doing this pod every chance we get. We've got another pod dropping Monday morning, pods all next week, and then we're prepping. We're getting ready. We're getting our mind right for the regular season with our brand spanking new PHNX Cardinals PHNX Studio But before you do that, head on over to the PHNX Merchandise Locker, Labor Day sale, off the chain, get a Mm t-shirt, get a hat, half price, you know, third off, whatever. There's a ton of quality stuff. PHNX Locker at GoPHNX.com. For Damian Anderson, he's Brock. I'm Johnny Venerable. We're back in two days, not tomorrow, in two days. Thanks, everybody, for watching the post-game show. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.